Welcome to Canada's most irreverent talk show. This is The Andrew Lawton Show, brought to you by True North. Coming up, the man CBC says lost everything because of the Freedom Convoy joins me to tell his story. The Andrew Lawton Show starts right now. Welcome to The Andrew Lawton Show. This is Canada's most irreverent talk show here on True North. The Freedom Convoy may have packed up and left Ottawa just over a month ago, but the story very much lives on, and the mainstream media's insistence on vilifying and maligning the convoy certainly persists. It's a favoured pastime of CBC and CTV. Now, last week on the show, I mentioned uh, these tandem stories that came from the state broadcaster in CTV featuring a man by the name of Martin Joseph Engelhart, who said that he regretted going to the convoy and that he lost all of his life savings as a result. The narrative behind this was that he went there, he knew that all of these millions of dollars were being donated to people on GoFundMe and then later on Give, Send, Go, and he decided he would just help out. He had some money in the bank, he was giving folks money for gas, for other costs, and then he just wasn't able to get any reimbursement because of the freezes that took place. And if you look at the CBC and CTV narrative, the fact that the organizers were apparently pocketing the money or something like that. Now, when this story came out last week, and we hadn't really seen it percolate for all that long, I had said that I thought the government was to blame, because it was the government that made it impossible for people like Martin Joseph Engelhart to be reimbursed. It was the government that made it effectively illegal to transfer and possess convoy-related donations. Well, in the few days since that show and now, the story has gotten a heck of a lot more complicated because folks have shared their own stories online and have said that they gave Martin Joseph Engelhart money, that they met him in Ottawa and he told them that he had had a rough patch in life and they were giving him money. Screenshots from his bank accounts have circulated, which he himself shared to someone who then passed it on to other people. And these accounts show money going in and out, both directions, e-transfers in the thousands of dollars. And then you had a thread from a Fox News producer who works with Tucker Carlson really pointing to CBC's negligence, their refusal to verify even basic details of Martin's story, like, for example, when he claims that his account was frozen. When the government itself, not that I trust the government all that much, but the government says that it froze a little over 200 accounts and all of those have now been unfrozen. Yet that detail apparently escaped the CBC and CTV reporters who wrote these stories. So there's a lot to this and it's very relevant because what we have here is not just lazy journalism, but journalism that's being done deliberately to cast this convoy movement in a bad light. And in doing so, elevate a story of a person that has questions about the validity of that story from other people that were involved in the convoy. Now, we don't shy away from the difficult discussions on this show. Joining me now is that man himself featured in that story, Martin Joseph Engelhart. Martin, thank you for joining me today. It's good to speak with you. Uh, you're welcome. You became, I mean, in the last week or so, a bit of a household name among a lot of uh, sectors of the population here. Two major stories, one in CBC and one in CTV, both had a very similar narrative. And I, I just shared it with my listeners, but just to get on the same page here, the story was that you went along with the convoy. You, as a result of thinking you were going to be reimbursed by uh, people there, by the donations that were coming in, were giving money to people, uh, something in the range of $13,000 
dollars. The story says that you lost your life savings and, and had regrets about being a part of it. Now, you reached out to me very soon after these stories came out, and, and I talked about them briefly on the show last week and said that this did not reflect the conversations that you had with those reporters and also didn't reflect your overall experiences. So I I wanted to reach out an invitation to you in general to come on and and tell your side of the story. And then as uh, people were talking about your story, more people came forward with their own interactions with you that I also wanted to get you to respond to. But but let's start first off at, at the very beginning here. What brought you to the convoy? What got you involved in this in the first place? Well, I... I okay. First of all, my uh, my business partner and my best friend died in June 26, twenty twenty, and I begged the security guard to let me upstairs to go see him. They wouldn't let me because of COVID. And for the when he died, I actually roam everywhere in Canada. I've been so lost in my life. I lost pretty much the only person that ever believed in me. And uh, for the past two years, I've been very alone with no friends no family and like isolated so the convoy was maybe a sign of hope and in the meantime i wanted i wanted to um i wanted to do something nice with my life like like i i always told i became born again so i have uh, my bible in the car but I, I try to help as many people as possible. I try to do something nice. So, you know, for people, like I just wanted to help. There's nothing left to it. And I owed it to Sunny to be there. So. And when did you join the convoy? When and where, I should say? Um, I drove back to Alberta. Like I, my, I lived, I have two houses. So I have one in Alberta and I have one in Quebec. And I always bounce from one to the other. So I drove back to Alberta, joined the convoy, so I drive back to Ottawa with them. And when I got to Ottawa, I went to Van Nick Hill and I had the van full of food and everything. And for six hours, I drove everywhere delivering like sandwiches and food to everybody. And I went back to Ottawa. And do you still have those residences in Quebec and Alberta? Not in Quebec and none in Alberta. And what happened? Uh, in Quebec, I decided. Uh, I told uh, and they, in Quebec, I decided to left because I, after like everything that happened in Ottawa, like my account being frozen and like everything that happened, I rather walk away so I don't cause trouble to anybody. And the landlord I had in Alberta didn't agree with my point of view either, and they didn't accept receiving a call from the cops, so we kind of resigned. Or contract we had the month-to-month contract but you but you chose you chose to give up your home in quebec that way no one else took that from you no there is nobody that did that i did that so i don't create problem for anybody okay so you you joined the convoy you get there i was in ottawa the very first weekend i know it was a big party everyone was excited everyone was happy to be there it sounds like you had a, a level of community that you had been missing what started happening for you that speaks to that regret you had about your experience? At what point did this thing start becoming a problem for you? Well, it's not becoming a problem. The thing is, is I always had a hard time fitting in with everybody in my life. And I always never felt right anywhere. 
Even when I go to church, I sit alone in my corner and I always tell myself I don't belong there. But the thing is, is uh, I know this sounds stupid, but in Ottawa, it was very tricky. So I remember one night I tried to go in one of the tent and I, they told me like I couldn't get my computer equipment because I wasn't part of like the team or whatever. And I got pushed out of the tent, fell head first, broke my glasses. And I tried to do my things after that on my own when we got swarmed by the cops, like thousands of cops at Coventry that night. And after that, I broke my glasses. I like, this is enough. I'm just tired doing my own group and my own things. But for the first week I was there, there was the problem is it was a free fall. Nobody knew what the right hand and the left hand was doing. And we had, at the beginning, we had road captains and we didn't have road captains after and we were supposed to have a sheet to respect the peace. And, but there was so many moving parts over there. It was pretty much impossible to keep track of everything. When did you start spending money in Ottawa and, and, and sharing money with others, which was the, the, the really the prime focus of those CBC and CTV articles is that you were giving money to people on the belief that you were going to get reimbursed? Well, I, I, I'm not going to say his last name, but I have a, one of the guy at first, like if he listens, his name is Robert. He said, yeah, keep your receipt, put everything together. But the thing is, it's not anybody's fault. Like everything got seized. The, the problem is, is like, there was so many moving parts. So I, I got people who say, well, we need gas, we need this. So I each transfer money. I pull out $1,500 in my account. You know, before I got to Ottawa, like all my paycheck and all my deposit, my Upwork, I do Upwork and Fiverr, which is freelance IT. Total about maybe $16,000. On that $16,000, I owe some client about $4,000 on this because I never finished the work. But the thing is, is like I give money to people. I made them sign receipt. I give them gas. I went to the truck stop, fill up slip tank. And after that, I did things on my own with my van. I fill up jerry cane of gas and I deliver gas to people. Until February 14th, my account got frozen and it's still frozen today. And I had a video on Facebook, YouTube yesterday. And uh, like I deleted it because it's not, it's illegal to record. But yeah, I, this is, I, I spend a lot of money helping people and I don't regret this. I don't regret anything that happened in Ottawa. I just regret what happened after Ottawa. Let's go back to your account being frozen, because the government has said that all the accounts that it froze under the Emergencies Act, so the, you know, Justin Trudeau saying we don't want people giving money to the truckers, all of those have been unfrozen. Now, you just mentioned something right now that your account was frozen and remains frozen to this day. What do you mean by that exactly? Okay, so Intrac is a separate entity of the bank. You know that, right? Yeah. So I received an Antrac and one of the Antrac was declared fraudulent by Antrac. The email address was used with organizer and was used by other people. That's what they told me. And I have the recording, I can send you the video from yesterday. Yeah, no, I saw that video. And in that video, it sounds like you're telling them that the account was frozen for that reason, not the other way around. What do you mean? 
Well, it's, it sounds like you're drawing a conclusion about what that freeze was and, and not them saying... Like, the fraudulent aspect of this has nothing to do with the fact that it was convoy. This is just a, a general uh, fraud prevention uh, thing that banks do when they require you to verify your identity. The thing is, the, se- the, the, the money that's frozen in my account was received on February 7th. Yes. And that that money froze total my account. So every transfer I got after that, everything got frozen. So is your belief that you don't have access to any of your bank accounts right now at all, or is it just one specific account? I can access I can access one bank account. The other one I opened when I get to Alberta is is open right now. And they're so here's the thing. So people say I have multiple bank accounts. I'm transferring money everywhere. I just wish I had one person that would walk with me in the bank to prove what I was saying. <laughs> because yesterday, like everybody's saying some dumb shit, dumb shit about me and I have all my bank statement. I I received only one payment from one person over there that I give a ride to at Walmart, which was a thousand dollars. And I have that in my account. The rest are all payment going out and two payment coming in. One guy that was Alexander lets you live that stays at home that was never at Coventry. And the other one is from a client. Okay. And be- so, carry on. When I left Ottawa, I had a meeting at Arc Hotel with a guy named, I'll call him T because he probably would recognize himself. And he said, yeah, we know you did some good work. There's no worry. We'll take care of you. Fill in. Like I give them all the receipt, they put it in a yellow sheet and they give me one of them. I help him get a laptop with his wife. He gave me a thousand dollars of his own money and two thousand dollars came from one of the organizer. Okay, so you've you've talked there about receiving money from other people. So how much did you receive from others in Ottawa? Uh, Total. The one, one from the, the guy. Um, oh, I don't remember his name. Dave, I think. Yeah, and he he recorded a YouTube video sharing that he gave you a thousand dollars. Yeah, he gave me a thousand dollars, and I can sh- I can pull out my bank account and I can give I can walk, I can do a printout to each transfer and go to Scotia right now. I can take a picture right live, and there's no e transfer came from anybody. So you say that the only money that you received was $1,000. $1,000. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing else. So when my account was frozen on the 14th, I did the recording, the, the 30 minutes video on the recording. I, I opened a bank account with RBC. I first received $1,000 from Mike. And after that, he tried to resend me another $2,000. The $2,000 we had issued, like so much, try to resend it. We try to resend it five times. It didn't work. So finally, I pulled it in. I, pull, I pulled the $1,000 he sent me, closed the account. I went to another bank, and I opened an account there, and I put the $2,000, and I reclosed that account, and I, go, I went to ATB. Because ATB has a... Yeah, sorry. Debit visa. National Bank doesn't have 
National Bank doesn't have like National Bank doesn't have debit visa, it's just a plain card. So I use my debit visa to purchase like like hosting for web design and everything. But you, you said now that you received two thousand from someone, but a few moments ago you said you only received one thousand. No, I received one on February February seventh, I received one thousand dollars from Dave. Okay. February 5th, I got received $200 from a guy that stayed at home because I had the post that on, I never asked for money, but I had a post on Facebook and it's a guy that never went to Ottawa and he sent me $200. February 14th, when my account was frozen, I got $1,000 from Mike and I can give you his phone number and he gave me, he sent me, he gave me another $2,000. The first $1,000 went into RBC and RBC was closed because they laid they said that it's a. It was weird that I received two. The, the only transaction came in my account in 24 hours was to each transfer. So I took the thousand dollars and I pulled it out. And no, wait, I have TN also that offered me another uh, deposit, which was 250. Okay, so so how much? Here's the thing, though, because you mentioned right there, so TD. Uh, said this account wasn't legitimate uh, because they thought your account was not legitimate, rather. Uh, but then you said you took that money out still. Yes, I took. So RBC offered. You're describing a lot more than $1,000 here. We're up to at least 4250 are we not? Yes, but I'm explaining. So Dave sent me $1,000 on February 7th. On the 14th, I got $1,000 from Mike. And after that, they told me I start driving west. I would the, this car here, and they okay. sent me another two thousand dollars that went in the in national bank, which I account I don't use anymore. Does it make sense? Yeah. So when I was in Ottawa on the fourteenth, I got one thousand dollars from Mike. I can give you his phone number and two fifty from TN. And they told me like when I start driving, I had to pay the taxes and the plates on this car and the entrance. They sent me another two thousand which I use for hotel and gas to get back. This is the only money I got from auto. Okay. I've heard that people offered to and actually paid for a hotel for you in Ottawa as well. Is that true? Yes, but why would I take a hotel room? I'm sorry to say, but why would I take it? Okay. I'm sorry. Some people will hate me for what I'm going to say, but I found it unfair that main organizer would stay in a five-star hotel when volunteer and trucker was sleeping in their truck in the cold. I found it that I didn't have the same right to do this. Does it make sense? Like if they so, had... so did you so did you stay in a hotel at all in Ottawa? No, never once. Okay. So you never you never slept in a hotel room at all in Ottawa, you're saying? No. I stayed in my van the whole time. And the people so the people that have said to me that they know that you had received a hotel room are misinformed or are not telling the truth. Yes, I never stayed in a hotel once. Okay. I, I never ever stayed in a hotel once. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go to a hotel because people on the ground would be in their van like me and I, I found it unfair to go in the hotel. Does it make sense? And people have also said, Martin, that they handed you cash when you were there because, you know, they heard your story. They were trying to be helpful. There was a lot of cash going around. And obviously you didn't describe when you were talking about the amounts that you received by e-transfers cash. Did, did individuals in Ottawa give you cash? 
If I recall, no. If you recall. Yeah, I can't because I had my money before I got there. I can pull out oh I, I can pull out everything I had before I had I came to Ottawa. I didn't need anything from anybody. The only reason the only reason I, I Dave gave me a thousand dollars is because I told him that I started depleting everything to help everybody. And I still had about three thousand dollars that day, I think, or something. So and I had money, uh, more money coming in from upward. There were screenshots from your account, Scotiabank account specifically, that you shared. And, and I mean, the, whoever you shared it to, it's been circulating among journalists. And I made sure before we spoke to send you these images and ask if they were authentic, which you said they were. And, and again, this is just one Scotiabank account. But when I look at this, I'm seeing a lot of e-transfers that are going out and then being canceled. So they're going out and immediately coming back into your account. Uh, what is the story here? Is this money that was not actually leaving your account and not actually going to anyone? No, all my all my e-transfer. So if you send an e-transfer to somebody that don't get the right answer, the e-transfer is canceled. Does it make so sense? So people weren't accepting these e-transfers then. When I see, you know, for example, on uh, whatever day it but is if here. You look, if you look at my bank statement... I, I only I like the the like the statement that went out. If you look at the column, the money that went out at the bottom, the the fourth page, it says twelve thousand dollars went out, six thousand went in. On the six thousand, I think I have like four thousand dollars in payout. Yes, and and I see here a lot of the the money that went out is uh, point of sale purchases. Uh, there are ABM withdrawals there. There are purchases at a place called Herbs Travel Plaza. Uh, now, is there anyone that can attest that the things that you were spending money on or the transfers that you were sending were going to other people? Yes. Who can corroborate that? Because right now we have some people that are saying that they were sending you money and you have you saying that you were giving money to other people. Look, I... I... I sent yesterday all my 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 stub and everything. I can pull it right live in front of you and record my screen while I'm doing it. There must be an app for it. But I mean, I, people, pe people, people that you can connect me to that I could get on the phone that would say, "Yes, Martin gave me a thousand dollars. Martin gave me five, however much." I don't know their name. I I know they were there, but I don't know their name. This is what I meant. Like every, do you know how many people was over in Ottawa and over? No, at it was massive, and and like I said, it was massive. And I also have heard from a number of people that there was so much trust and goodwill that money was going back and forth because a lot of people did, as to, to your credit, say that they thought that everyone was going to be made whole again. Yeah, but I, I you know, I'm I, I didn't say I never say I regret going to Ottawa. I regret what happened after. I, I, I regret what happened after, you know, people say, oh, I have tons of money. I, I can give you access to my ATB right now. And from the, the day I open it to today, I'll, I never get any donation from anybody. I only got uh, one lady in, in Vancouver that tried to get me there. And I got another lady tried to help me get a place, but like. Someone sent me a screenshot of an email that you purportedly sent where they asked you, is this the email address to donate to the convoy? And you responded and said, yes. Yes, Aaron. So that happened. So you, you told someone that had emailed you that your email address was the, the way that people could donate to the convoy if they transferred. That's correct? Oh, 
when I started doing my uh, my group was Ottawa Convoy Help on February 8th. The one person sent me an email and they thought it was designed to me. And after that, they said, sorry, it's the wrong email. The only person I said yes is Aaron because we had an arrangement. I still have the screenshot from the conversation. So we have very drastically different visions of your role in the convoy and of what happened to the money here. So I, when I asked you to come on the show, I, I said, I want to give you an opportunity to speak to people. What is the message that you think people need to know about you and about your intentions that has not been conveyed in the CBC CTV coverage and even in the social media discourse about this? I, okay, so if you go, if I go back on Facebook and I start taking screenshot of all my posts I had on Facebook, and those all my 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 group that the Ottawa Convoy helped, they're deleted. If you Google like Ottawa Convoy help or my name, you can see my old post. Not one of my posts, not one of my posts asked for money from people. I asked for volunteer, I asked for people to help me deliver fuel and everything. Not one single person I asked, not one post I asked for anything. And you're, and you're saying that all you received was, was $4,250 and no one gave you cash. That's your position. Yes. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, Martin. And again, I, I think this is an important discussion for people to have and, and important for people to have the facts. I have uh, a question for you. Absolutely. Why do you think on March 4th, I would go to the pawn shop in Cardston, uh, Cardston Alberta, and sell my $2,000 laptop, my Mac screen that is worth around $4,000 for peanuts so I can buy my meds? I don't know. And, and, and again, to be fair, Martin, I, I'm not making accusations. I'm asking questions because... The thing is, the people say, I have three banks account. Do you know how crazy this was for me? I, I had, I made mistake in my life and I... I, I I admit it, and I had a video, and I admit all my wrong. But I tried for the past since I for the past time I tried to help everybody as possible, and I made mistake in my life because I I I lost twice everything, and I admit that, and I admit that a lot of people helped me in the past, and all I try to do is to help people again. The thing is, is like I never ask. I, I talked to Mike yesterday in the treeway, the, the guy that was with me in Ottawa, and we had I I the one I gave my receipt to, and take everything was supposed to go home and we'll send you your money. And I'm like, okay. But the thing is, I never asked for like even then I had the one guy last week, uh, no, the uh stunt uh, stunt dummy. He said, I'll send you fifty dollars. I said, I don't want it. I'm okay. Does it make sense? I, I like right now. Look, I don't know if I can show you, but look at my gas. I don't even have nothing. I sleep in my van. Look, this is the only way I had that for sleeping bag, a suitcase, and a bag. I have nothing left in my life. I can't even afford to eat. I have three dollars in one account and one dollars in the other one, and it's still frozen. And I, I speak genuinely when I, I say, Martin, that my heart goes out to you. And, and I, this is why, again, I think it's important to have you on. You don't blame the convoy for this. No, I don't. You know, you know how crazy this was? 
I was in Ottawa every single day. I I got a paper saying I'm supposed to seize and seize uh, delivering fuel to people. You know, I you got that old man that got beat up by the cops. There were three times as twice. It was chaos over there. It wasn't fun. I did. See, the first week of Ottawa was amazing, and people were being people. There's people helping each other. And, you know, the only thing I ever wanted to do in Ottawa was to help people. You know, I, this is, uh, I'm, if it's life, and people will say, look, I'm not sick. I have lapro in my stomach. I have staples in my stomach. And people didn't know this, but in Ottawa, I was in the worst pain ever pulling my wagon and helping everybody. And I can show you like all the money that came in way before the convoy and all the money I saved up. Not in the, I never, that wasn't for the convoy, but I saved up money and I had money put aside. Like that wasn't for the convoy. I had my own money when I get there. And I, I said, okay, I'll go there and it's not the first time I sleep in the car. It's not the first time I'm like, I'm down like this. I got, it's not the first time, but I only, uh, I only regret what happened in Ottawa. I know we, we talked about this before. If there is anyone you can connect us to that uh, can attest to you giving them money in Ottawa, and I put this call out to my listeners. If, if any of you, I know a lot of you who were part of the convoy listen to the show. If any of you received anything from Martin, let me know, and I will tell your story on air. But Martin, if there's anyone that you can connect me to as well that can do that, we will happily air that. I, I think truth is important in this, and I do genuinely wish you the very best, sir. Thank you for coming on. I have pictures and screenshots of my Gmail and people say it's done and everything. I have, I, I use, I delete all those groups, but I had like tons of comments from people. I had people that I send a mechanic. You can contact them on Facebook. Well, if, if you, th this is, this is pre-recorded right now. If you can send me any of those tonight, I will make a point of showing them on the screen, sir. I can make that promise to you. Thank you very much. Talk to the people. I can send you the people that I help. You, I, I, I can send you a list of five people right now that I help and they, you can talk to them. And they said, thanks to me. Like I did amazing job. Please do that. Please, genuinely, please do that, sir. Uh, and I will reach out to them before this show comes out. I will absolutely do that. Thank you. And I don't regret going to Ottawa. I just regret what happened after. Understood. I'm going to do something here I never do, which is give you a little bit of a look behind the scenes at the production of this show. That interview I did with Martin Joseph Englehart was recorded yesterday, Tuesday, at about 4 p.m. Eastern Time. It's now midday on Wednesday. We asked Martin in that show, as you heard, if he could provide the name or contact information of anyone who can corroborate that he provided them fuel, food, or money, as he said he did, to the tune of $13,000. That's what we asked him. Now, at about 4.30 this morning, he provided a number of emails to my producer that had in them three different names. One of them was a pseudonymous Facebook account that I have not been able to reach. The other was a woman who said she met up with Martin a couple of weeks after the convoy in Milk River, Alberta, and the version of events she tells is not at all 
that uh, Martin was providing anything, was offering food or fuel or support of any kind. She actually told a different story, which is that Martin was receiving things that had been donated when she met up with him. And even then, that was weeks after the events that are contested actually took place in Ottawa. The third individual that Martin suggested I reach out to was the man who directed $3,000 in Ottawa of donated funds to Martin. He was not able to speak to any situation that he's aware of where Martin provided anything for someone else. And this man also challenged another story that Martin told about helping someone with the convoy buy a laptop. Uh, the man that I spoke to, again, who Martin told me to contact, said that his wife went out with Martin to buy a laptop, and it was his wife, not Martin, who paid for that laptop. So we asked Martin if he could provide anyone who could share what he has told us, which is that he was donating money to people, buying fuel for people, and so far no one has been able to do that. And again, e-transfers are tracked. They go to an email address and or a phone number. It would not be hard to go and look at your records and find emails and phone numbers of people that you sent money to. None of that has been provided to True North. The reason I did this show is because the mainstream media was using this man's story to cast all of the convoy in a negative light, to talk about how they preyed upon this man that just went out there because he wanted to help people, he wanted to be part of something. Well, we've tried, we've given him an opportunity to explain, and I think there are far more questions than answers after that explanation, and the pursuit of evidence that supports his side has led to evidence against him. This is what we do. Again, if you have any information one way or another, do let us know, and we're happy to follow up on this. And look, CTV, with its myriad producers, didn't do anything in the way of real journalism on this story. CBC, with $1.4 billion of taxpayer money, also didn't seem to see through things that obviously didn't have the ring of truth, as they say. True North is different. We don't play by their rules, but we do still get to the bottom of it and seek the truth. So thanks to all of you for tuning in. And if you have anything, like I said, anything at all that would help us piece this all together, please do let us know. With that, we'll bid you adieu. More of The Andrew Lawton Show in the days ahead here on True North. Thank you, God bless, and good day to you all. Thanks for listening to The Andrew Lawton Show. Support the program by donating to True North at www.tnc.news.